This is On Call, a podcast by Code Blue. Health is a human right. Hello everyone, I'm Kanmani Batumalai from Code Blue. Welcome to On Call's very first talk show. We are going to speak about fire safety in Malaysian healthcare facilities in this show. Fire can occur to anyone at any time. That includes healthcare facilities. Hospital fires can be devastating in terms of loss of life, injuries to patients or staff, and loss of property or equipment. In fact, hospitals house a large number of vulnerable people, including the elderly, children, sick people, and pregnant ladies who seek for treatment or cure from their health sufferings. In the recent past, several fire incidents have been reported all over the country. The deadly fire at Johor's Sultana Amina Hospital in 2016 was the worst hospital fire in Malaysia. Six patients, most of whom were in their 20s and 30s, died when a fire broke out on October 25, 2016 at the South Intensive Care Unit Ward in the hospital in Johor Bahru. HSA is one of the busiest hospitals in Malaysia. The main building was constructed between 1938 and 1941, while HSA's ICU, the first public one in Malaysia, officially opened in 1969. Last year, Code Blue published an independent inquiry report into the deadly 2016 fire, which found that the government facility operated for years without a fire certificate. The report revealed disturbing findings that one of the underlying causes for the loss of six lives in the 2016 fire at the South Intensive Care Unit of HSA was the lack of preparedness by hospital management and staff. None of the South ICU staff had undergone training in fire drills or emergency evacuation despite few previous fire outbreaks in the ward in 2008. 2010 and 2016 before the October 25 blaze according to the independent committee's report let's talk about this more with our dear guest dr milton lam dr milton lam is a past president of the federation of private medical practitioners associations and the malaysian medical association hi doctor welcome to the show first please tell us about the key aspects when it comes to fire safety in malaysia's healthcare facilities including public hospitals uh there are a few principles with regard to fire safety in healthcare facilities particularly hospitals one is prevention two is suppression three is evacuation and four is evacuation training drills Now, <clears throat> all licensed private healthcare facilities in Malaysia require a fire certificate for them to have continuation of the licensing. We have a number of old hospitals in Malaysia. According to the Ministry of Health, a total of 47 public hospitals are 50 years and older and were built way before the introduction of the Uniform Building Bylaw 1984 and Fire Service Act 1988. According to the Deputy Health Minister Aaron Agodagang, out of 76 MOH facilities that require a fire certificate, 32 have obtained a fire certificate whereas the balance 44 hospitals and public health clinics are in the process of getting the certificate. 
we have seen hospitals that operate without fire certificates for decades um, why are we in such a situation doctor is there any laws to govern the the fire safety features in public and private hospitals well there is a law that <clears throat> governs the licensing of private healthcare facilities and that is the private healthcare facilities and services act and before one can get a license for a healthcare facility they have to have a fire certificate unfortunately that law doesn't apply to public healthcare facilities when it should all that the government needs to do is to take away the word private from the act it doesn't make major amendments and uh, just a motion in parliament to remove the word private so that the act becomes healthcare facilities and services act and the same standards required of private healthcare facilities should be applied to public healthcare facilities mm. why fire safety aspect is important in hospitals how safe are our hospitals fire requires three factors to be operative one is a fuel any combustible material that is a source of the ignition of the fire and to keep it burning two oxygen oxygen uh which reacts with the fuel to start the fire and continue uh with the fire and heat now different materials and chemicals have different temperatures at which the oxygen and the fuel react some at lower temperatures some at higher the lower the temperature of the compound the more easily the compound will ignite in a hospital or healthcare setting there are a lot of materials which act as the fuel oxygen is very common in a healthcare setting it is used by patients whether in a clinic or in a hospital and so you have these elements present uh, which can cause a fire and uh, <clears throat> the thing is you got to make sure that these elements do not interact with each other some you can do some you record without much effort some you have to spend some time and money to do it lah okay if there are structural changes in the construction or design of the hospital then you might require certain changes to be made but for instance making sure that no one smokes in the hospital is not difficult you go to any hospital whether public or private you see still see people smoking and smoking when there is a lot of oxygen and possible combustible material nearby is going to cause problems may even cause a big fire so making sure that nobody smokes for instance can prevent a fire making sure that in the event there's a fire your staff know what to do is also important that is evacuation
A fire certificate is effective for one year. So, um, besides renewing a fire certificate, maintenance of the fire safety features uh, is another important aspect that we should focus. So, how important it is to maintain these safety aspects regularly? Does this cost a lot or do the hospital have enough facilities to maintain these safety features? In the interest of the hospital and to ensure that all its equipment and whether used for patients or whether used for firefighting is maintained in a good order because safety is a pretty big issue if you don't maintain it in a good order. For instance, in an operating theater, if you don't maintain some of the diatomy machines, it can burn the patient when you use it. So you've got to make sure that it's maintained properly. Uh, with regard to prevention, you've got to look at some structural changes to existing hospitals. However, every building has got a fire escape. And to make sure that the fire escape is not blocked and the door can be open when there is a fire, that doesn't require structural change. That requires some effort to make sure that the fire escapes are not blocked and that <clears throat> the keys to the exit is easily available. And with regard to suppression, one can always look at the and check the smoke and heat detectors in the premises, make sure that the fire extinguishers are functioning, the water hose reels are functioning, and there are smoke extractors, and taking up planned preventive maintenance of all these uh, uh, tools requires very little money, but effort and commitment. Although financial allocation is the key to maintain the safety features in hospitals, efforts and commitments are equally important, as you have mentioned. When we talk about fire incidents in hospitals, the 2016 fire incident at Hospital Sultana Amina is something that we cannot forget. It has been five years since the incident had occurred and the government is yet to publish the independent inquiry report into the fire. Actually, Doctor, I see this report as not a ground for punishment merely, but, but to find out what has gone wrong in the hospital. It's a crucial report to rectify the errors, mistakes and, and learn from the mistakes. What had actually happened in HSA, Doctor? I think the details can be found in the inquiry chat by the former Court of Appeal judge. But from what I know, and I have personal knowledge of this, because I visited Hospital Sotana Amina in year 2010, not to look at the hospital itself, but the purpose of my visit was the accreditation of a medical school which uses Hospital Sotana Amina. 
A year previously, I had seen an anonymized report when of Hospital Sultana Amina, who applied for accreditation. Although the report was anonymized, the description of the hospital leaves one in no doubt as to which hospital it is. Because there are not many hospitals in Malaysia where the hospital faces the waterfront and is very old. Uh, it's difficult to find another hospital, okay? And the, the other description of the hospital leaves one in no doubt that this was Hospital Sultana Amina. So when I went to visit the hospital in 2010, I just looked at the areas which had caught my attention in the previous report, accreditation report, which I incidentally refused to sign off that hospital. And my reason for not signing off the accreditation of that hospital was that it was a dangerous place. So look, I look at the various features that were raised in the report and found that they were still present. For instance, fire exits that were locked. No one knew where the key was. Fire exits that were blocked. Passageways to the fire exits that were blocked. Medical devices using one plug from the wall but with a supplementary plug with which are used by three or four medical devices. Now, you can only use so much electricity from a plug from the wall, you know. And these heavy-duty medical devices in a hospital setting uh, are requiring a lot of uh, <clears throat> energy from just one plug in the wall. Oxygen cylinder tank area that was not locked. And this was on the outside of the hospital. It was not locked. And with secret stops all over the place. Now when you have oxygen and you put secret stops there, some of which are not totally extinguished, you are looking for trouble. So after I came back <clears throat> from that visit to the hospital, I brought this to the attention of the top management of the health ministry. So when the fire occurred in Hospital Sotana Amina, the question that came to my mind was whether the hospital had acted on the accreditation report which it would have received and informed the top management in the health ministry. This is a question that is still in my mind. Uh, I guess that question would have been addressed in the independent inquiry into the hospital fire, which unfortunately, and for very lame reasons, not been disclosed to the public. Initially, the report was placed under the Official Secrets Act. How on earth such a report could be placed under the Official Secrets Act is beyond any comprehension. One always thinks of the Official Secrets Act that role is to protect the security of the country. How would 
a hospital fire affect the security of the country. Then we were told last year by the then minister, uh, I think it was in August last year, in an answer to parliament, that it was declassified by the previous Minister of Health in 2019. So what has happened to the report? Now, we are not looking here to point fingers at. We are looking here at what lessons can be learned by other hospitals and clinics. What lessons can be learned so that they can help them draw up some mechanism to prevent fires from occurring on their premises. We are told that 46 of the hospitals, public hospitals in Malaysia, are more than 50 years old. And <clears throat> about half or 50% of their equipment are more than 10 years old. So these are ingredients of potential fire hazards. So hospitals or healthcare facilities, whether old or new, can learn from this report. The Ministry of Health speaks a lot about patient safety. Surely, isn't it an issue of patient safety for this report to be made public so that everyone can learn from it? particularly those in management and those who are working as healthcare professionals. Let us take note that Health Minister Kairi Jamaluddin had actually expressed his commitment to publish the HSA Independent Committee's report in the near future. So, let us hope for the best. As Code Blue published earlier the Independent Inquiry report into the 2016 HSA fire, revealed some, some shocking facts that the hospital operated without a fire certificate for more than 10 years. And we do not know if the hospital has already acquired one now. Till June last year, the hospital didn't have a valid fire certificate. What do you think about this, Dr. Lam? I, I found it very uh, sad you know, when <clears throat> the state fire department officer made a public comment that the hospital did not have a fire drill the previous year and since he became the state fire director and that was two years previously. Now, if a private hospital does that and something like that happens in a private hospital, the private hospital's license would have been suspended immediately. Why is there a double standard? Are patients who visit the public hospital less important than patients who visit private hospitals? That is a very pertinent question. And another pertinent question is whether these older hospitals have got fire certificates. If they don't have, then the health minister should name them so that anybody who goes to these places can take extra precautions and be more aware of its surroundings. Or a person can choose not to go to this hospital. That surely is the health minister's responsibility to name them.
it has been five years since the fire in hospitals of Tana Amina. Last year, or the, I think last year there was another fire in the women's uh, wards. So, to repair or put right or retrofit the hospital to keep it up to date with the current fire requirements would take some time, but five years is a long time. The parents of a victim, Nirmala Devi Chandran, who died at the age of 24, settled their lawsuit with the government in August 2020. The defendants of the case, including the HSA director, the Johor State Health Director and the government, had actually agreed to pay the father and mother of the victim 136,000 ringgit in general and special damages without admission of liability. And, and there were another three negligence lawsuits filed in September 2020, which the government is fighting on grounds they were not filed in time. The government cited Section 2A of the Public Authorities Protection Act 1948 that imposes a three-year statute of limitations on lawsuits or prosecution of individuals executing public duties. What do you think about this, Dr. Lam? Is this approach fair towards common people? Because all of them who filed this case are commoners. They hardly know the legal aspects and all they want is an answer for this 2016 fire incident. First of all, there is a caveat to my reply. I'm not qualified in law and I wouldn't want to comment on current lawsuits. But having said that, I think the question that has to be addressed is whether there was negligence or even criminal negligence on the part of the people managing the hospital. Either the uh, top management of the hospital and even in the Ministry of Health. If the top management had reported deficiencies or hazards in the hospital, to the Ministry of Health. So I think that is a very pertinent question that comes to mind. As far as the quantum of settlement, that is a matter between the two parties. The plaintiffs in another three cases pointed out that they were not informed about the outcome of an independent inquiry into the fire disaster at the public hospital after the investigation. They, they also say that uh, documents like their children's um, post-mortem report and medical reports, as well as the independent inquiry report, were classified as official secrets and were not provided. I feel that it is extremely unconventional and unethical to withhold such documents from the deceased patient's immediate family. How do you see this, Dr. Lam? The Malaysian Medical Council's Code of Professional Conduct and its guidelines states that a patient and or the next of kin have a right to their medical reports. So if medical reports are not given to a patient or the next of kin, it raises questions about whether the conduct is ethical or not. Certainly, if one has nothing to hide, one would be very keen to give 
a medical report to a patient because that would <clears throat> enable the patient or the relative to understand the situation better. But when there is delay or refusal to give a report, the doctor concerned can be reported to the medical council and he has to answer for it. Rightly pointed out, Dr. Lam, we are about to conclude our show now. So please uh, share your final thoughts on uh, fire safety aspects in healthcare facilities in Malaysia. I think the government has to get its basics right. Since so many of the hospitals are old and since many of the equipment uh, have been there for more than 10 years, they should very expeditiously rectify the situation so that we do not or we minimize the risk of fires in public hospitals. A lot more people visit public hospitals and clinics than private ones. And if the private hospitals and clinics are held up to a certain standard with regard to fire safety, in that they, they are required to have a fire certificate, the same standard should be applied to public hospitals and clinics. There have been a lot of talk about rectifying it, and this talk has been going on for five years now. The question is, when is it going to be done? The country spends a lot of money on expensive medical equipment when that money could be better spent on ensuring that the hospital and clinic is a safe place both for patients, their relatives, workers and hospital staff and clinic staff. It is the responsibility of the government to ensure that this is so. And I end with one favorite phrase of mine. Talk is cheap. Precisely, actions and results matter the most. It was indeed great to speak to you, Dr. Lam. Thank you for giving me your time. Let's talk more on other pertinent healthcare issues and policies in next episodes of On Call. Have a nice day.